Welcome to The Confidence Project. My name is Liam and I have made it my mission to skyrocket your confidence across body, mind and everything in between. I want this podcast to inspire you so that you have the self-belief and motivation to become the best version of yourself. Thank you so much for listening and embarking on what's going to be an incredible journey for the both of us. Let's take you from where you are now to where you want to be. Team, how are we doing? Welcome back to another episode. And today we are going to talk all things high rocks. Yes, it's still a hot topic and it only gets hotter. Um, like I said in the previous high rocks episode before Christmas, this is just something that continues to grow. And, and I do feel myself and a lot of the team on the back of doing the first one, almost evolving into a bit of a, well, a high rocks athlete, really. I'm, I'm sat in my high rocks hoodie as I record this and and yeah, I'm just looking forward to the next one already. And actually, on the day of recording this, the Birmingham one for the back end of 2024 is getting released tonight. So hopefully, today I will have bought another ticket, um, which is super exciting. And that will give us um, our second High Rocks of the Year, assuming we can get tickets. I know it's getting so popular. But in today's episode, what I actually wanted to do was to touch base on all things High Rocks. And actually, how I found doing a solo event um, at the back end of January in Manchester compared to doing the double, which we did in London. And obviously, as High Rocks gets um, ever more popular, I figured this would be a great episode to do if someone sort of sat on the fence between. And I've probably got a little bit of a better indication of of how each one works, really. So I just thought I'd share my insights. And, and if you take something from it, and if you're considering a High Rocks or, or you've done one and want to add to this, or you want me to have a, you know a chat about all things High Rocks and, and everything that comes with it, then, then let's do it. But yeah, today's episode is entirely devoted to High Rocks. And I, to be honest with you, I can't remember how much I actually touched on it um, in November's episode because I know it was obviously a team trip away. So actually my own experience, I'll probably just delve a little bit further into that, um, which is all exciting because it, it's a nice thing to do. It's like a, a new challenge for, for so many people and, and one that we've definitely, like I say, hopped on board with. And, and it's just been an amazing experience. So way back in November, um, we did a doubles um, high rocks. Now, before I go any further, just a reminder, high rocks itself, for anyone who thinks, what's a high rocks? It is classed as a fitness race. Um, like I say, it's getting ever more popular. It's an eight kilometer run with eight stations in between each kilometer. And I will come to each station individually as we go, but that's all there is to it. Now, when you do a double, you both do the um, eight kilometer running, but the stations you split how you want. So for example, one of the stations is rowing. There's a kilometer to row. You could both do two lots of 500 meters, for instance, something like that. So we did the double back in November and I've done the solo um, all by myself. So literally the entire thing by myself um, at the back end of January. So not that much apart. And last year there was such a buildup. I think we booked the November one in like maybe May, April even. And it was just all all that was on our minds for those months. It was almost a bit overkill really. It was just high rock, high rock, high rock. And then when the Manchester one was released, we never got around to getting it, but we, we all managed to get a second-hand ticket, including myself. So it's just sort of carried on as this trend. So going back to the double, I really enjoyed it. And the first thing I'd say about anyone who's doing a double is 
get yourself a partner who you have a really good chemistry with. Um, myself and a client, Anthony, um, who, he, he's faster than me and we're probably on a very similar wavelength in terms of strength and, and sort of overall fitness. Um, we, we just made a great pair in my opinion um, and hopefully he'd say the same, but I really enjoyed it. You know, he's someone I get on really, really well with and it's just it was just such a good experience to compete with him next to him stand shoulder to shoulder and it, and it was everything i wanted it to be and and we actually came out with a time of like one hour 16 um, and we wanted less than 90 minutes so we were really really happy with that now from the off i would say that it made life loads easier um based on the one that we did in january as a solo having someone there helped massively um, you know, if you just need a little bit of a break, if you need that little pep talk to get through it, it was absolutely fine. I had my strengths, he had his strengths. Um, if I was slacking, he would pick it up and vice versa. And, and we really did help one another. So like I said, that was way back in November and I, I sort of used that going into January to sort of think, well, what do I need to do in order to get through this? Because it, I actually went into the solo feeling a little bit underprepared. Um, I, you know, it was just one of them, like, I think it was, I can't remember the date exactly, but the right at the end of the month, and in the run-up to it, I just felt, like, injured. I felt like I was really trying to claw back where I was before Christmas, and then I actually got injured over Christmas with my shoulder that always causes me jip, and I just thought, oh, here we go, and I remember being in the gym the week before with some clients. We went to the local gym just to practice the sled, and it wasn't even the working weight on the sled, and I just couldn't push it, and I just thought what have you got yourself in for here? And I just thought, oh no, here we go. So the solo rolls around and like I said, I loved it. And and straight from the off, I got a time of one hour 24. And again, I wanted less than um, 90 minutes. So to only get eight minutes more than I did with Anthony, I felt like I built on the experience really, really well. So obviously we um, got to Manchester. It was obviously local as opposed to going all the way down to London, which did help in terms of, you know, just travel, show up, do it go home there was myself and another client doing it on the same day so we both did really well with that and it was nice to obviously do it um knowing that he was doing it as well um so when when we start we start with the one kilometer run that's the first thing that happens in high rocks um and in manchester it was not quite three laps but it was like 2.75 laps of, of like the the um the hall if you will so you go around and then you go into your first station after doing a kilometer now the big thing I did this time straight away was I actually set my watch um, because when we were in London, I didn't put my watch on for like to go for a run and I just thought if I want a half decent time, then I'm just going to have to be aware of how fast I'm running my kilometres and that helped massively and that's something I would do going into the next one if you were to go for time and you like, I think it's quite easy to lose track of well, your bearings really and how you're actually doing in, in terms of time and, and things and you're only sort of going on how you feel and Yes, there is a clock as you go around, which you can keep half an eye on, but I think having a watch really helps. So, you know, I, I can run a, a five-minute kilometre, really, I would say, and, and the first one sort of came in just short of that, which was decent and I was pretty pleased with, and that takes you to the first station, which is the ski trainer. Um, now, it's a kilometre on the ski trainer, and for anyone who doesn't know, it, it's like a vertical rowing machine, effectively. Um, now, I actually... I'm not a big fan of the ski trainer, contrary to any client's belief who listen to this because we just stick them on the ski trainer, but in the gym we've only got a ski trainer and a bike, so it's quite an intense bit of um, kit, and of course it's good fun for sweating it out, but a kilometre is a long time to do it, and there's a lot of coming up and down, 
um, if you can imagine, you sort of pull in from a really tall position all the way down to your heels and back up. And like I say, I, I really enjoyed it, but I actually went into that thinking if I can just get through that ski train, then the rest of it will get a little bit easier. Um, and I got through it, and when I've been practicing, I, th- I can actually ski a kilometer in about three and a half minutes. Um, but the thing to remember is obviously you're going to be on your feet for like 90 minutes to two hours, however long it's going to take you. So my advice to you would be if you're doing a solo, pace yourself. And if you're doing a double, what myself and Anthony did were back in London, was um, we did four lots of 250 meters. So we could go at a good pace and there was a nice rest. But again, like just don't go too hot out of the blocks. And I think most people would say that to you really if you were looking at doing one. Um, but, you know, slow it down. So I, th- I think my kilometer came in at about four minutes. I should have really pulled my time up, um, and which, you know, I was happy with that. If I can do it in four minutes, I'm happy. But I sort of went into it thinking, look, just don't burn out. So, like, I go for, like, nice long strokes. I take my time at the top of the rep, and then I maybe invest a bit more in the power side of things on the ski trainer as opposed to, like, the speed. Um, so I was happy with that. And to be honest with you, whether I was doing a double or a solo, I wouldn't change anything. I, th- I think we absolutely nailed it. So the first thing I'd say on the back of the ski trainer, though, both times was on the back of it, you can imagine you've done four or five minutes work. Like, to me, I use my arms quite a lot. Like, I do a little bit of a squat, but my arms are a lot of pulling. Like I said, I go off quite a powerful sort of stroke. And all the blood's obviously rushed into my upper body. And it's really weird because you've sort of like got to go from your, your um, station out then towards um, like to back onto the running track effectively through what you call the rock zone. And oh my God, my legs felt like they didn't belong to me. Like absolute jelly. All the blood's just drained from them. And it, it was like they didn't belong to me at all. <laughs> if you can sort of imagine like, I almost described like Mr. Tickle, like my legs just felt everywhere and the same with my arms at different times. And it was a really weird feeling. But do you know what? Like the, what I did in London was I walked from the station to um, the running track. So that's like 90 seconds of walking. So straight away to cut your time out and to get your body back to what it needs to be, I would say run it. So even though it was really difficult, I actually jogged from the station when I did the solo back out to the running track and that helped massively. So I would say that's a really good bit of advice for anyone who, who maybe experiences something similar. Um, and there are water stations as you sort of go in and out, but... Honestly, just get yourself back on the track and just just sort of recollect yourself from there. Um, and then, so obviously, on the back of that ski train, I've gone back out, done another kilometre, and I did slow down because your next two stations are the sled. Um, your first one is to push it, and I think the men's weight is 152 kilograms. Don't quote me on that, um, but I think that sounds about right. And to push that for 50 metres, that's done over sort of four lots of 12 and a half metres. Um, do you know what? It, it actually felt pretty good in Manchester. But like I said, the week before in training, I couldn't even move like 100 kilogram. And in um, London as a double, it also felt hard. So I don't know whether that was just practice or whatever. Um, but the one thing I did do was I, I've sort of, I've pushed it from one end to the other, which was absolutely fine. And I did the second time around, but the third and fourth, I made a conscious effort to stop halfway rather than trying to push it to the end. And I found that really, really helped me. So that's, again, just something to consider. It's a lot of weight to be shifting and it's a lot of stress through your legs, your arms, your entire body. Like, you know, you're exerting a lot of effort into it. It's a very weighty station. And as a result, just pick your brakes because... (sighs) this is a runner's game like the the majority of it is running and therefore 
like slow your runs down and that's again i'll come to that but that is what i did eventually like rather than worrying about getting the stations done really fast i just slowed the runs down and then i could also um sort of like conserve my energy then going into the stations and it worked quite well in, in, in my favor really so on the back of the sled push like i said that was one that probably played on my confidence the most because like i said i'd injured my shoulder i couldn't do it in training and i was just quite frustrated in the run-up to it and, and like in the private gym we're at here i don't have a sled tracks and therefore the only practice i get is at the gym and when it didn't go to plan i was just a bit frustrated but got through it again reasonable time um felt okay with it back out running again similar sort of thing body didn't really feel like it belonged to me and then you go to the sled pull um, now this was the one that felt pretty tricky in London um, that's where myself and Anthony probably both hit a little bit of a wall um, he had a better technique than me so you sort of stand in like a little box and and you can't leave the box so you've got a big rope attached to your sled and you either stand where you stand where you are and sort of go hand over hand and pull the sled towards you and just stay still or you use the box and you stand at the front of it and pull it back now I remember Anthony, he did that, as did everyone else we were with, and, and they all preferred that idea of standing in the front of the box, pulling the sled back as you move back, whereas I stood still and went hand over hand. And I found the the first one, you know, the stepping back with it loads easier. And I said I would do that. However, I actually took too long with it. Like, again, I was trying to conserve my energy, but I look back at that and think, I was just walking from side to side. Once I pulled it to one side, I was just sort of, like a walk in the park to the next side and I think if I was to shave my time down again a bit like the rock zone I would make an effort to jog the transitions um, and I know that like you'll find if you do it that the rope can almost get in your way behind you so I don't know whether I'd maybe sort of go half and half you know if I was going for maybe a little bit more speed I might just try go hand over hand really fast and then at the latter end maybe just try walk back with it so maybe a little bit of um, tweaking with that one but yeah the walking back generally felt loads better and that was three stations done now your fourth one after you've done your kilometer run is is the the dreaded burpees and um, the burpee broad jump so it's 80 meters i believe of burpee broad jumps now what this is is you um uh, rather than jumping up on your burpee you jump forward and you cover 80 meters so if you could jump a meter every burpee you'd be doing 80 burpees to put it in perspective which might sound quite a lot but honestly i'm telling you when you jump forward it's not as bad as you would think now before coming into the solo high rocks on the back of doing the double i did have some goals um you know sort of specific to it like i said the time yes but actually each station i thought um can i can i sort of get a decent time so like the ski trainer i wanted it around four minutes wasn't too bothered on the sleds because like I said, it's not something i practice often and i just wanted to give it a good go really and just sort of get through it but the burpees um, on the back of doing my, um, you may remember it if you're listening, um, the 2022 12-month challenge. So it was a challenge every month, and one of them was a burpee mile. So it was a mile of burpees, and I believe I covered 980 burpees, and it, it, it took like four hours. But long story short, I am well acquainted with burpees, and it's always been something I've naturally been quite good at. So I went into them burpees and I thought, I want. it tells you your ranking afterwards, I want to get the top 100. Um, and I came 21st out of, I believe, about 1,320 um, people in my age, not age category, in, in the sort of the men's open category. So I was really pleased with that. And I still think I can get that time down. I look at that and, and I think it took just over two minutes, maybe two minutes 20 and I remember I flew through the first, you sort of like, um, like I say it's 80 metres, so it's sort of like 40 metres one way, 40 metres the next. And I remember that I was, it was a really crowded sort of track. 
and I got through the first 40 meters really well. Zigzagging in and out of people, got there fine. Um, but then obviously you've got to stand up, come around and, and then sort of go again. So that little few second break hit me a little bit. But there were a bloke in front of me and basically there's like little judges on the um, on each sort of station and they can penalise you if you're not quite living up to like the um, the standard with your reps. So with your burpees, what people tend to do is um, like put the hands further in front of the shoulders and your hands have got to be underneath your shoulders. And anyway, there's all sorts going on. There'll be loads of cheating as you can imagine. But um, what I think this guy in front of me got no rep and he was kicking off. But you're in my way and I was aware of him and every time I got close to him, I thought, you're in my way, you're in my way. Um, and he sort of moved out of the way, but almost like begrudgingly really. But it, anyway, it knocked my stride a little bit. So that's when I started to fatigue. So there was about, I would say a 20 to 30 second gap on the sort of the last segment of the burpees where I slowed and I was on the floor and uh, contemplating life. And I just looked back, I looked back at the video that I've got and think, you could have just pushed through there. And I don't know where that, that would have taken me. Um, I actually think I saw on TikTok like a few weeks before that like, the record is like just over a minute and I'm not saying I'm going to come anywhere close to that, but you never know. You never know. Maybe. So watch this space. Top 10 would be a huge aim. But obviously, that depends on, on how the event goes and yeah, X, Y, and Z. But anyway, I'm really pleased with that. And that is the halfway point done. And again, the comparison between the double and the solo at this point is obviously the first half, um, like the sled especially, is very weighty of your High Rocks event. So I would say that not having the ability to split that up had a huge difference on time, effort, energy. Um, like splitting the sled up again, like the pull especially, was, was, it was just a godsend. So, um, and, and I also saw some people who, yeah, there was times when it just wouldn't move. And, and I'm sure if you've done a high rocks or you've used a sled in the gym or whatever, you'll appreciate that, you know, you, you've got to push it. It's like one big heavy shopping trolley. And if it doesn't move, then you sort of, stuck and if it's just you doing that then you're gonna to have to sort of rest there until you, you've got the capacity to push it or you're if you're doing a double your partner jumps in whereas like you know if you're on the ski trainer and i was doing it by myself like i could do 200 meters come back to it go again and just keep it going like that and, I, and it's not a difficult one whereas if you can't push the weight you can't push the weight so that's something that training wise you've really got to consider having the ability to push through your legs and then equally work on your pulling strength when it comes to the pull, which is slightly lighter than the um, sled push, but not so much lighter. I think they basically take like one plate off it. Um, so yeah, something to consider there, definitely. But so far, so good with my own solo experience. We then went on to the latter half, so I've done another kilometer. And I must admit, after the burpees, that was the only time I walked the rock zone. I was absolutely shattered, but I did give it a really good go. So I, I accepted, I said to myself, look, slow it down. But my runs on the back of that um, were slow. They were really slow. They were sort of going at like a six minute kilometer. And again, I, I was sort of doing it thinking, conserve the energy so that you can get through the stations well. But if I was to do it again, which hopefully, like I say, if I can get tickets for Birmingham or do one in 2025, I would just learn to push that a little bit further. But, you know, I did. I'm not saying I didn't push at all, but there's probably a little bit more in me. And I just might let go a little bit. Maybe that's what I'm trying to phrase it. Put your foot on the accelerator rather than the brake where you can. And, and sort of, especially if you're going for a good time. And if you're not going for a time, then just go enjoy it, of course. But on the back of... Um, the fourth run or fifth run, whatever it is, I went on to station five and that's the rowing. Um, probably one of the more straightforward ones, to be honest with you. It's a kilometre on the rower, a bit like um, when we did the doubles. I did 250 metres 
Um, but when we did the doubles, Anthony is a better runner than me. And on the rower, I have the capacity to like go faster but burn out quicker. So I did 250 meters, he did 500 meters, and then I finished it off at 250 meters. Um, now that worked well for me, but poor Anthony were probably quite knackered at that point. I think he'd agree. So I think it would probably split it a bit fairer, but it, he's a better runner. So again, you've got to have these conversations with your doubles partner, who can do what and what you're going to get the most out of. And it worked at the time, but like I say, we, we may do that differently going forward. Obviously, the solo, I just slowed it down. I slowed the row down. And a bit like the skier, I wanted it in at around four minutes. I think it came in just over that, which I'll take. Um, you know, I was considered a sub four, a good time to do a kilometre on the skier or rower. But I knew, look, just slow it down at this point. You can almost see it as like a bit of a, a resting station, you know. Rowing's probably one of the more common things that people have done. I'd say the most people have been in a rowing machine. Um, they're easily accessible in the vast majority of gyms. Um, so I felt okay with that. And I was just sort of just taking it in, getting my breath back, and then went again. So on the back of the rowing, I've then gone uh, onto another run again, pretty slow. And then I've gone to farmer walks, which are probably the simplest exercise, to be honest with you. Um, now, this is one, again, going way back to 2022, this has been like my nemesis for years. So in 2022, I did a challenge that was a 12-hour workout. And one of them um, assigned to me by my coach was to do a kilometer farmer walks at body weight. Now, I didn't have the right dumbbell, so I've ended up taking 40 kilograms in each hand. And it were icy outside. And I just remember I did about 200 meters and I was just like, I just ended up crying, just being like, yeah, I can't do this. And I felt like I've, that was the one time when I've ever worked out where I felt like a real failure. So you can imagine nearly two, two years down the line, it, it, they've sort of played on my mind massively. But the difference between kettlebells and dumbbells, by the way, is huge. But when we did the double, Anthony was like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm fine with these. You know, he's, he's a plumber by trade. He's, he's pretty good at lifting stuff. And so I'd probably say he did about 60% of them. And then the the last bit for me was dead straight forwards. So when it came to doing it by myself, I just went and got halfway and then I accepted that I could stop. But a lot of people when I did it was walking with them and there's no need to walk. So I would say, just run it, get it done faster. Um, and, and it worked for me. I, d I don't want to hold them forever. The, the, if I'm walking, I'm going slower. I'm holding them for longer. So get running is what I would say if you've got them, if you've got the kettlebells in your hand. And there's also loads of chalk around, which I would use for the farm walk and the um, sled pull, definitely. But just something to consider. So the farm walk's done and dusted. And again, not too dissimilar from um, the, the sort of the doubles and the solos, really. I don't feel like there's much to report on. It's quite a straightforward exercise. Um, we then go on to the last two, uh, which are sandbag lunges. So on the back of um, the farm walks, you take a 20 kilogram sandbag as a male. If it's female, it's 10 kilograms. And you would lunge, oh, I think it's 200 meters. Um, it might be 100. It's one of them. I can't remember. Anyhow, whatever the distance is, you've got to lunge it. And then you sort of go up and down, a bit like the burpees, you go up and down like four lanes. Um, now, there's two techniques with this. And you can sort of imagine if you lunge forwards, you can either then step through with your back foot straight into the next one, which will test your legs more because the tension has built up further, or you can step in between them and sort of reset. Um, and I, I did a little bit of both, but if you're on my advice, stepping in between is a really sort of um, way of getting through them consistently. You stand up, you go down, you stand up, you're going down, rather than keep following through. Um, the only thing with the sandbag lunges is you can't drop them. There's a rule in there. That you, I think if you drop them twice, then it's like disqualification as drastic as it sounds. So if you're in a double, practice the transition between your partners um, because you've got to be able to pass the sandbag backwards 
and not fo- not forwards, obviously, because then you're covering distance. It's not a lunge. So pass it backwards and just get used to um, transitioning with the sandbag. They're quite, um, I'm going to say flexible. That's not the right word, but... You know, the, the sort of sandbags that can move and sort of mould to your body, really. They're not like the, the sort of stiff set ones. So you'll be fine. You can lug them around. But again, when you train and get used to just manoeuvring with sandbags and getting used to them for sure. And the other thing is, like, if we were doing a proper lunge, like your knee wants to be just off the floor. Whereas the good news with these is that you can just sort of like, you've, well, your knee's got to hit the floor. So you almost like can trampoline off the floor, which does help as well. Albeit there is a little bit of impact on your knees. And obviously when you've done like the burpees, you, you may feel that. So that's just something to consider. But personally, whether it was a solo or a double, the lunges didn't really affect me that much. I just focused on my breathing. Just wanted to get through it at that point. There was no real aim in Manchester, nor London. We just wanted to smash it. So we did just that. And then again, you're into your last run and then you're onto the wall balls, which for anyone who doesn't know what a wall ball is, you squat down. If you are a female, I think it's a three or four kilogram um, medicine ball. And if you're male, it's a six kilogram. Um, You squat down. The squat, um, the very finicky with this, and you've got to break parallel. So basically your backside's got to go pretty much below your knees. Um, in, and then that, that qualifies as a squat and that's the one where fatigue really kicks in because people's depth tends to suffer um, and then on the back of your squat you stand up and, and upon the ascent you throw a ball at your target which is it's just it's around three meters high I'm pretty sure and, and there's two targets um, the size of like a dinner plate they're not massive and the males have got to hit the top one and the females the bottom um, and upon obviously hitting target, if you hit the target and you hit squat, you get a rep. If you can't squat that low, they do provide a box, which I believe is 18 inches. Um, and, and you basically sit down and stand up and then throw it. So that's another way of doing it. And, and I know a lot of people um, use the box, even if they don't need it, because it makes life a little bit easier and a bit more straightforward. And I guess there's no grey area. Whereas if you think you're squatting low enough and and you're, um, you've sort of got in your head you've done 20, yet the judge that's with you, because everyone gets assigned a judge, um, says you're only on 10, then then you sort of think, well, I'm obviously not going low enough. So my advice to anyone doing the wall balls is if you if you are even remotely unsure of your squat depth, use the box. Um, and if you feel confident, then go for it. But I, I, at this point, hit a wall in Manchester, um, but on the back of London, felt really confident going into them. Because in London, we, we split them into sort of 10s, and then when fatigue kicked in, I remember there were times where we might have done like 15 and then literally we got on to like the last five and, we, and yeah, we smashed it and we were really happy with it, but that flowed quite well, but it's a hundred squats you've got to do. And obviously to do that by yourself, it's quite, well, it's quite taxing really, but I had in my my head, Ooh, I wonder if you can do a hundred, just why not, you know, unbroken. So I sort of went into it thinking, Oh, maybe. And, and I started really well and I got to 25 and I just thought, no. Don't be silly. What You've got a long way to go. What are you going to get out of this? So I might have got to 30, 40, but realistically, 100 was just a, a pipe dream. Um, and, I, and then I said to my judge, when I went in, I said, look, I'm going for a sub sub 90. And they were on like one hour 21. And um, and I started the wall balls and I'd got through them in like 30, 40 seconds. And I, and I said, look, I bet we can get 125 here, less than 125. And they went, yeah, absolutely. So I said, right, we'll do four 25s, having done one. And then, so I started the next one. I got to like seven reps and then I lost my balance a little bit. And that, that, a bit like the burpees, it just knocked me. So then I did another 13, so I through to 50 and then just worked in tens, a couple of fives. And, and I, it came in at one hour, 24 and 45 seconds. So just about that to spare. Um, and yeah, I was really pleased with the wall balls. But on the back of that, again, 
I look at that and think, if I hadn't lost my balance, could I have got a little bit more? I don't know. And you can't, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? I can't look back at it too much. I was really pleased with the the solo effort and I was really happy with my time. I was. And to, to know that I was only eight minutes slower than our doubles time is set foundations then. So if I were to do a double again, I'd want to do it with Anthony. And we said, look, we can get less than one hour 10. And if I was to do a solo again, I would want to get less than uh, one hour 20. So there's some goals there, definitely. And, and I would feel really confident going into either thinking we can get them or I can get them, whichever one it's going to be. So like I say, hopefully in Birmingham, we're going to be in a position, whether um, whether we do a doubles, whether we can get tickets or not, I'm not sure, but we'll do our very best. And, and like I said, that will be the aim, which will be unreal. Um, and I'm super excited. But on the back of that, that was my Hyrox experience in Manchester and London. Now, I'm not going to go too much into the ins and outs of like um, logistics with it all, because it's not really my place. I just, I just as an athlete, you know, I just want to let you know I enjoyed it and I will definitely be doing it again. I know I was so big on Tough Mudder um, for years, but I feel like Hyrox probably has pipped that now. And, and that's that's going to be the next thing that we drive towards. Um, and it's, it's an amazing experience. If you've listened to this and you, you're even remotely interested in doing High Rocks or you think, can I do it? Most definitely. And if you're really not confident doing it by yourself or in a double, um, they do have a relay option, which you, you basically do a quarter of the course um, and and you pick two stations and you sort of imagine there's four of you and three of you wait in the wings, one does a kilometre, one does the station and then comes tags the next person in and there's no right or wrong order to that. But yeah, I thought Manchester were a really good experience. Probably not as good as London, in all fairness, but most likely because London, there was a group of us, we made a weekend of it. It was our first time, it's in the big city, whereas Manchester was probably on a little bit of a smaller scale in terms of um, people doing it and I guess the, the general magnitude of it. Um, and then like other little things, like you know, the, like the layout of it probably wasn't as good and, and little bits like that. So all in all, absolutely loved it. We'll be doing a High Rocks again. Um, if anyone's got any questions on the back of this and wants to um, obviously ask away or have anything clarified, then just let me know all things High Rocks. But yeah, watch this space. Birmingham, hopefully, here we come. And as always, thanks for listening, guys.